before we begin, before we begin today, I just want to say, do you have family over? So if you hear some something in the background, that's just something that got picked up. But before we begin today, I want to say we have a lot of scriptures being referenced and that were used in today's broadcast. That is Matthew 21, verses 13 to 22, Mark 11, verses 15 to 18, Luke 19, 22 through, sorry, Luke 19, 44 through 48, John 2, verses 1 to 22, Psalm 69, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 6, chapters, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, and Exodus chapter 12, verses 21 through 28. First, we're going to read the bottom line, and then we're going to get into the in-depth. So, here's the bottom line. When we read through the Gospels, we see that there have been two times when Jesus needed to clear out the temple. In both of these instances, it's revealed how much God cares for us to live holy lives, since our bodies are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. These instances also reveal the great passion that he pursues his purpose for our lives to be holy. When we encounter these times, we have two options for us. We can either quench the Holy Spirit, which parallels the elders who plotted to kill Jesus, or we can be humble and accept the chastisement, which lets us be transformed into restored holiness. For he cleansed the temple for the purpose of restoring the holiness that was meant to exist in it just like our own lives are meant to be holy as he is holy. Now, for those of you who have a bit more time set aside for these, because I all know that life gets busy and it's hard, last week is also known as Holy Sunday, I mean Holy Week, which starts on Palm Sunday and then concludes with the Resurrection Sunday. On Palm Sunday, when we were reading the account from Matthew about Jesus riding in a donkey on Palm Sunday on that day several thousand years ago, I continued reading throughout the scriptures when I got home later that day and found something very interesting that was also the same week that Jesus decided to clear out the temple. And it's not so much that he decided that he had to clear out the temple. And I also found something very cool when you look at all the accounts that exist. So, in all four Gospels, that would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are only two events that are ever recorded by all the authors. The multiplication of the loaves and fishes to feed the 5,000, and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And I bring this up because Jesus cleansing the temple has been recorded in all four of the Gospels, there is one key difference between John's Gospels and all the others, and all the others that exist. In John's Gospel, one he records is at the beginning of his ministry, but the other one is at the end, right after he comes into Jerusalem on the donkey. So this tells us we have one time of cleaning the temple at the beginning and one time cleaning the temple at the end of his ministry. And when you read John's account, you see what happened before that time as well. During that time when Jesus was beginning his earthly ministry, he cleared the temple right after he 
performed the first miracle at the wedding feast in Cana, which was when he turned the water into wine. So, the scripture is filled with all sorts of symbolism and foreshadowing of who Jesus is. And John being the more poetic of the authors of the Gospels, this has a lot of it. I'm doing my best to keep this short, but we all know that's impossible for me because, uh, well, this is not Thursdays, not Slacker Thursdays. No offense to these Slackers out there. I'm a Slacker when I want to be. Okay, going back to today's main focus, in the account of the wedding at Canaan, I'm going to need to double check that one moment as a pause. So I've just double checked my old scriptures, and yes, it was Kena. I was just saying Kena because it's elsewhere in the scripture. Sorry, my brain gets confused, and we've all been there, as I was saying. As he was at the wedding feast in Kena, Jesus turned the water into wine after it was poured into the stone jars to produce for ceremonial cleansing, a wine that was called by the master of the banquet to be the best wine when he compared it to all the ones that had beforehand, the ones that had been brought up earlier to the feast, saying that the best had been saved for last. This parallels Jesus in several ways. First, Jesus is the final sacrifice for sin, because he is perfect, or in other words, he is the best. And at the Last Supper, he says that the cup is the blood of the new covenant, one which shall be sealed by his own blood, blood that brings transformation to our souls by making us holy again in the sight of God. And just as the wine is a symbolic foreshadowing of the coming changes, so too is Jesus clearing out the temple. The way he cleared out the temple was with zeal, and that was fulfilling the words in Psalm 69, verse 9, saying, Zeal for your house will consume me. I looked up zeal in Webster's Dictionary, and it is defined as an ardent pursuit as an ardent pursuit. And synonyms include passion, fervor, and enthusiasm. All these words mean strong emotion that compel action to be, action to be taken. Jesus cleaned out the temple not as some boring chore, but as something he had to do, doing it with dedication and purpose to his action. You could probably compare it to a warrior who charges headfirst into the fray with brandished weapons and a war cry. That's the type of that's the type of image that comes to my look at the world zeal, someone who really cares about their job. All the, and when the Jews witnessed this event, they were shocked, and the leaders asked him for a sign to prove his authority to do this. Because of course you will. You see someone doing a bunch of things in your temple, and you ask. Whose authority do you have to do this? So he said, Destroy this temple and I shall build it back in three days. And this was referring to his own body, which ties us nicely into what Paul told the church in Corinth, saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? For not your own, you are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. As all this is being established, and has been established in scripture, should we really be surprised when Jesus comes at us with the same fervor 
about how we live our own lives. If our body is the new temple, that we, then what we do with it is important to God. That is why I find it fascinating that Jesus' first miracle is to foreshadow the transformation that is to occur in spirit. It is also a foreshadow of the final sacrifice that is, be, that is to be the best and the last one to be made. Then, through action, he demonstrates the purpose it is being made for, and how ardently it will be pursued, not with anything done halfway or half-heartedly, but with an unending passion until it is completed to fulfillment. That is why Jesus cleared out the temple yet again when he came the second time, right before he was to be crucified, and then cry out, It is finished. But his disciples only understood this after he was resurrected. That is why John is certain to write these things into his gospel. Because a lot of times we will go through things, and it's only after going through them when the Spirit of the Lord reveals things to us that we come to that understanding. When we look at both instances, there is one thing that is the same, and that's it is occurred during the Jewish feast of Passover. That feast is a remembrance of the plagues upon Egypt before they remained free. Specifically, the final plague that can be found recorded in Exodus chapter 12, and it was the death of the firstborn of all of Egypt. The only ones who were protected were the Israelites who had marked the door of the, with, the, with the blood of the slaughtered lamb, a signal that would tell the angel of death to pass over the house and not to touch them. Comparing the two instances of cleaning out the temple, we find that the second time he does this, he also rebukes the people who were involved, calling them a den of robbers, when the temple is meant to be used as a house of prayer. This makes the leaders angry, since he was calling them out publicly on their wrongdoings. The purpose of the temple was to be a, remain, be a reminder to serve as an image of sorts to all humanity of the splendor that God is given and has in heaven. But bringing in all the animal sellers and the money changers was negating that element, effectively turning the temple courts into an extension of the carbon of the common marketplace. Jesus was rebuking them, not for conducting not for conducting business, but for letting it enter the temple courts and rob honor and glory due to God. It was letting the unclean spoil that which is meant to be clean. Just as our own lives, we're supposed to stay clean, as Paul mentioned. Once we're made a Christian, we're not supposed to continue going on sinning. And that's why he had to tell them that they are not their own, but bought with a price. Now the reaction of the elders was to plot the death of Jesus. Now we also do the same thing when we quench the Holy Spirit, as it brings up our wrongdoings for the sake of turning us to repentance. Quenching is just another way of saying to silence or to ignore or to make them not as hot, coming from the terminology of quenching a sword in water after it's been stuck in the fire, you would quench it to cool it down because it hurts to be touched by a hot sword rather than one that's not hot and not able to burn you. So they make him less effective, it's effectively killing him as far as his impact on your life goes. The humble person, however, will repent and seek to do better than they have done. 
and asking God to receive the promised strength to continue the righteous life. We have to make a choice between these two paths in life. The path of quenching the Holy Spirit, which is effectively the same as trying to kill him, or we can choose to remain humble, which causes the transformation process into holy beings to occur. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Continual submission and surrender to God so that we're able to be this holy priesthood. Until next time, courage and Godspeed.